welcome to the Subterranean Podcast, an exploration of the depths and mysteries of the human experience. Each episode I speak with a healing practitioner or teacher. This time the guest is my great friend Rosa Lewis, a spiritual teacher, mystic, and modern day Buddha. We discuss healthy power and teacher-student relationships inspired by our own experiences in spiritual spaces and education spaces, both separately and together. We also discuss how these dynamics are mirrored in the bodywork world between practitioners and clients. Because this topic is really precious to me, Rosa offered to interview me about it, and it ended up being more of a two-way conversation than an interview. Hope you enjoy. talk about student-teacher relationships and dynamics. Um, And as part of that, uh, maybe also healers sort of as teachers, the connection there and uh, practitioner-client relationships and how I feel like those mirror teacher-student relationships and dynamics and um, yeah. Yeah, nice. Sounds great. I think... um... Yeah, uh, maybe talk a bit about how we decided to have this conversation. I think it's a, it just came up between us that it's a topic that you're super interested in. And it's something we've talked about a bit in the past and have a lot of shared values around, I think. Um, So I just thought this would be a cool way to kind of open that up, capture some of your thoughts on it. Um, Yeah, and just be able to share them with others because I think you have a lot of yeah, I I feel that there's it's almost like there's something energetic or karmic or whatever in your system that's very attuned to like power dynamics and abuse and being really care taking a lot of care around people and um like what's the best setup and just a kind of very open hearted grounded yeah like uh, grounding in in care for people um. And so, yeah, it felt important to just explore and talk about it. Um, I think we've, yeah, we've like, I guess between us experienced this from different sides and different ways in terms of like teacher, student, healer, practitioner, client, all of those things. Um, I was your teacher for a while. I guess we can include that. (laughs) Um, yeah so that's maybe like an intro and then I guess maybe do you want to start by talking about I think what I think maybe what's interesting was the kind of the thing we've talked about around like healthy power dynamics because there's a way I think there's a way that um people can be very like sort of power hungry and narcissistic and that's like one end of the spectrum which you see in a lot of like spiritual teachers or whatever and then another end of this spectrum is like oh there's no power or like power dynamics are bad um which you also see a lot and then 
we're kind of like exploring the middle ground, I guess, of like powers kind of here, it's present, it's good to recognize it. It's healthy when it's done well. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like the ground that we're exploring. And I don't know, do you want to talk a bit about that, like health, healthy power, what it means or what what bits you're interested in? Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I think I really became aware of this when I was in massage school and I had a teacher, Martha, who, yeah, one day in class just brought up maybe an ethics class or something, brought up the fact that there is a power dynamic in a massage session, for example, or any kind of healing session. Um, and that's a good thing. And we need to be aware of that as healers. Um, so yeah, I, I also think of you as a teacher who's very into like destroying unhealthy power dynamics and um, destroying unnecessary hierarchies and things. And so, um, yeah, coming in sort of to massage school in more of that side of things, that like equality kind of mindset, it was, I was really surprised when we had that lesson at school. It was like, yeah, I guess I would have thought the goal would be to eliminate all sense of the healer having power over the client. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll talk about some of the examples. Like in a healer-client relationship, some ways that there is a power dynamic, the healer is like managing the entire container. And that's a good thing. Like if you go in for a massage, you don't want to be thinking about like, <laughs> okay, we have an hour. I'm going to keep my eye on the clock. And when it's been 30 minutes, I'm going to ask them like, can I flip over now so I can get work on? You know what I mean? Like you want to just be able to sort of like melt away and be totally in the session and somebody else is, is managing that for you. But that's like a form of power, you know, to be directing the session and, and where it's going and what we're doing. Like, you also wouldn't want to show up to a massage session and then be like, so what should I do? <laughs> you know, what do you think I should do? Like, you kind of want them to know what they're doing. And of course, it's collaborative and sort of a team effort. But yeah, they're managing and leading based on on their expertise. And um, another way that she pointed out that there's a power dynamic that I, I don't know that I would have noticed otherwise is that the healer like is gathering all of this information about the client, like even if they're not speaking verbally very much, like you learn a lot about a person by, by touching them and um, doing body work for them. And so if the healer isn't like sharing that much about themselves, because that might not be that appropriate in that setting, um, you know, there's like an imbalance in how much one person knows about the other person. So there's sort of like more vulnerability on the side of the client, um, which I think you know, gives the, the person in the healer role more power there. I would be really curious to hear, like, I think I know, I have a sense of the healthy power thing on the healer client side, maybe more than the teacher student side. And I'd be curious to hear what you think about healthy power between teachers and students. Yeah, it's so interesting. I feel like it's something that I've been super aware of. And I'm, I feel like I'm always learning new things about it. Um, and I did, I guess my background is I did some, I've got some training in, in therapy. So I kind of took, took some of the sort of basic boundary stuff from that. Um, yeah. And then there's like, I think when it's clearly in a more, 
like I'm doing regular sessions with someone, teacher, student, it feels a bit more like healer thing. I'm like holding space for the other person's growth. That just feels very crisp. Like you say, it's like they're sharing stuff with you. You hold the space, the spaces for them, like the boundaries are just very clear. Um, when I'm kind of doing one-to-one stuff, I think that's like a different mode, which is, and I'm, I do some of that still, but I'm moving away from it. And there's a different mode, which is more about, I'm actually just here in the world, in my transmission. And I'm kind of like sharing that with people. And that I feel has a different, um, yeah, like different boundaries, different energetic quality, because talking about power is what happens is if it's my role to be the person's therapist, that takes out a huge amount of my power. I'm no longer there in my full expression. I'm there to hold space for the other person. Um, Whereas as a spiritual teacher, I think part of the responsibility is to kind of like share the depth of your realization and your experiences. And so then it's more about your actually the thing that you're responsible and accountable to is like truth or authentic expression and like sometimes that upsets people and um you know if you were responsible for everyone that you upset when you talked about deep spiritual stuff you'd never say anything um because you know people just people's egos get hurt very easily by by this stuff and so um yeah, there's kind of like different moving pieces, I think. There's almost like two different modes of being. And yeah, it's not it's not like clean cut. I guess if someone's coming to me for coaching, they want a bit of the sort of more direct, like me saying my thing. And they want a bit of the space holding. So you're sort of like navigating between. But I think that's maybe one of the differences. Yeah, nice. When you talk about the the fullness of your transmission, would that practically look like you teaching having teaching points that you're sharing from like what you've learned on your path or is it does it look different than that more for me for me especially it's more like just being in a way it's more like just being in tune with it's almost like being in tune and trusting the depth of my experience it's like uh knowing that I've been through the experiences I've been through for a reason and I have something to say and share about them um and be, just being that I don't know is that, is that... Yeah, yeah yeah totally um when I think about sort of some of the the healthy power aspect of that I think of how even when you're doing that when I'm talking to you you have so much receptivity and openness and like non-defensiveness about what you're sharing so I think that feels important to me too is that like I've always known you to be in the group like um always refining and always open to hearing objections and always open to hearing like you know what I mean um hearing hearing people out who might have different ideas or you know um so there's something I feel like about always being in that process of refinement versus like look this is just like what I guess what you're saying being sort of in service to truth yeah totally because there's no like part of it is yeah there's no like fixed truth and we're all just 
an expression of the thing. Um, yeah, and I think maybe you touched on something there, which is like a deep respect for other people's truth. And I think one of the ways that that, that manifests um, is that one of I think one of the signs of healthy power is that it's easy for someone to leave like mm-hmm. anything that's sort of like controlling manipulative grabby anything that feels like a, that it makes it difficult for someone to leave that's a sign of unhealthy power to me because that's yeah either either as a as a teacher you can say look this doesn't feel like a a, a good relationship anymore or as a student you can just say ah this isn't for me and there's no like punishment or kind of like um yeah guilt tripping or anything like that for sort of saying oh actually this doesn't resonate with me or this space isn't for me or um that feels like one of the dimensions of a healthy power like a a symptom yeah in fact maybe you want that in most teacher-student relationships at some point like you know maybe they shouldn't go on forever yeah yeah right because we've talked a bit about codependence and I think there are some there's some like traditions teachers healing modalities that sort of like generate codependence and I think there's a way that like it's kind of support supportive it's sort of like a it's like holding up a whole traditions and holding up boatloads of people uh by giving them like faith and hope and a place to feel things and a place and it's like you know if you took that away that codependency away maybe they don't have enough resource to like deal with it but in an ideal world I think you don't want the spiritual practice to be codependent like that. It wants like it's cleaner if people can stand on their own two feet and and sort of like move around and see different teachers and try different practices and like be guided by their own inner inner thing, whatever that is for them. Yeah, nice. Like I've thought of it in this this like kind of image before with healers and clients, like. Ideally, the healer is always growing and the student is always growing. The client is always growing, I mean, right? And, like, maybe, like, they're kind of growing that way and they're kind of growing that way. So I think that happens a lot, you know? It's, like, we had this beautiful moment where we kind of, like, intersected at these points in our in our trajectories. And then, like, you know, we went off into our own chapters. Yeah, I love that. Um, what else feels important to you about this? Um, specifically with what we're talking about right now, I feel like it's a good opportunity to segue into talking about boundaries and like expectation setting. Mm. Yeah, nice. Do you want to, do you want to open, open this? No, I'd be curious to hear what you have to say first. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like there's a humility in recognizing limitations and in a student there's there's something there's something important about yeah, recognizing your own expectations. Like if you want 
a t- the teacher to be perfect and give you everything you perfectly need, then that's sort of problematic. If you're a sh- teacher and you're like, ah, this place is the one place for for the for everything, that's problematic because you're giving people the wrong expectations. It's almost like not having any. Yeah, it just becomes it becomes like this narcissistic thing, even if it's not like um may meant in a bad way, because um the truth is that things are always messy, imperfect, difficult, just trying to figure things out. And so if your image is your self-image is, oh actually, um there's nothing wrong with you know, this is the perfect place for all of these things and it's the right way to do it and it's da 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 da, da. Then, um, yeah, your self-image and, and the truth are kind of like out, out of whack in a, in a nice narcissistic way and that causes like problems, I guess, in that you can't take feedback, that you can't be like realistic about things. Um, yeah, and like I said, it can go it can go from the students to the teachers and from the teachers to the students. Um, I've definitely seen it both ways. Um, so I think the kind of like pot, the, the, and it gets like, it, it gets into this endless tangle of the thing about narcissistic energies, you get into this endless tangle where you can't pin it down and everyone, it's sort of like it, it's energy is blame and perfectionism and this and this. And so you, if you start talking about it, you sort of get sucked into its like into its trap. Whereas if we look at it from like a positive framing way and like modeling what is good, um, I think the importance is around, yeah, like humility, expectations, just being like, this is what we're doing here. This is what we expect it to meet. This is what it doesn't meet. Um, just like trying to be clear with people so they kind of know what they're getting into. Um, yeah. And obviously there's like some trust and faith because, spiritual stuff is kind of ineffable and like the journey unfolds in strange ways and things like that um but just trying to like be as clear and open and and grounded as possible um and the humility that comes with that so yeah like uh recognizing which parts your practice can meet which it can't um of someone's journey is just really important yeah, I really like the idea of the student kind of reflecting on this too, whether there's some kind of like mutual expectation setting or if the student is sort of just like personally reflecting on it. Because it's just so easy with like a practice or a teacher to just like stake everything on it. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be the thing that fixes my life. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And practices sometimes like to like make that, say that as well. Um, yeah and then I think like also from a practical thing I think being encouraged to it's it's kind of uh, the Alembic in Berkeley it's like kind of the, the thing that they're founded on is that you have all the practices in the same place so that you can try different practices you can intermingle with other people it's kind of like there's some practical stuff that's needed to support this um I think in in my teaching, I do a lot of like, I guess what I call inside out stuff is where I'm like really connecting with like, ah, what do you want to get from your path? What are your most important values? What are 
um like what are the things you the best benefits you've got from your practice what are the most challenging things so that because some people their best benefits are like oh being calm and some people their best benefits are like finding it really exciting and it's like completely different so it's just like really getting people to tune into their in their own insides and like including that as part of the part of the like guide behind the practice yeah, the thing that you're saying about the Olympic makes me think of like networks of healers and practitioners and things mm-hmm. that like, you know, I know an acupuncturist I could send you to. I know somebody who does deep tissue work I could send you to. You know, like all the people. It makes me think of your um awakening model and the course that you're putting together also of like um yeah, I don't know if you feel like it's a good time to talk about that, but these are like 16 sections um of awakening or 16 different paths or 16 like sub pieces of one path um and how we could have sort of like teachers for each individual one or you know more um teachers who kind of teach all of them at less depth yeah yeah totally it's like yeah yeah seeing visualizing that that we have different aspects of our being and like finding ways to connect to the different parts and that the the course is kind of built on the foundation of the body heart mind soul and there's the idea of like yeah we're these like ecosystems of beings and different parts of us need different things at different times and just like recognizing that none of them is the the sort of like sole source of awakening none of them has kind of like an authority of like this is I guess you can define awakening and say this is in this practice this is how we define awakening and then people can sort of choose to engage with it or not but it's like you know respecting that other people define it in in different ways as well um and yeah I think in the course really wanting that to be a kind of lived example of hey his lots of teachers if you all have their own perspective it's like we can kind of move together in this model and it makes sense but everyone has their own perspective world focus way of looking um way of being yeah totally i'm thinking about the like intro conversations that you had with the different teachers and how it really does even just listening to a short conversation it does feel like stepping into all these different worlds but they don't feel at odds with each other you know what i mean it's like just yeah different people are gonna sort of take off with different parts of the path and um it feels like it would be a really fun group of people to get together because we all have these like different but uh complementary worlds <laughs> totally x-men <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> everyone has all these like really amazing parts of themselves um they can just bust out yeah, beyond can- other people's yeah, imagination like- yeah, we could definitely like keep a closer eye on what it's like when people from opposite ends of the chart like. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, and then there's something about that which is there's a. This is this is a bit of a funny one because I'm going to say there's a humility there, and then I'm going to be very arrogant in my, <laughs> talking about my own experience. <laughs> but I think one of the reasons I wanted to create is because there's a humility because the full spectrum it's almost like one way of drawing it is from the body as like red root chakra kind of 
in the body up to soul like up here out abstract like all through the heart the mind it's like um most people it's like hard to awaken one of those things and, mm-hmm. and it's like if you're one end of the spectrum it's really 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 hard to include the other end of the spectrum it's not impossible but it is hard and just having a like humility around that of like what your capacity is where I don't know I was just reading an article from someone who was making claims about reality and all their claims were about that you know reality is consciousness and it was all very kind of like mental and I was like this person just clearly isn't in their body (laughs) to me it's just so obvious that it's kind of like the way you experience the world is quite a lot a reflection of what you're what you've got in touch with in your own experience and you know if it's all mental stuff that you've got in touch with you're you're just going to be in touch with mental stuff it makes sense um but it's very easy for these parts like get confused about that and get lost um and yeah the the sort of slightly arrogant bit is that i my i guess my experiences feel very full spectrum and um yeah that was like almost impossible to do and it killed me and just it was like really really uh yeah difficult in in almost infinite number of ways um but I feel like part of the message of the reason I went through that is like the importance of this this thing of like recognizing recognizing different parts of experience and the importance in each part yeah nice as you're describing that I can feel the sort of like healthy power of you like I wouldn't use the word arrogant but like being arrogant enough to put that together you know what I mean it's like um you and I sort of coined the phrase empowered humility I like thinking of it that way because I guess I felt like people have always sort of given me that feedback often giving me that feedback or compliment of like being humble or, you know what I mean? And sometimes it felt good. And sometimes it felt like, no, I'm just scared. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I saw somebody on Twitter the other day, describe it really nicely. I can't remember exactly how they put it, but it was something like staying small or, um, you know, like not leaning into your power in under the guise of humility. Um, so this feels, yeah, what you're describing, uh, sort of creating that course and having that, that vision, um, you know, a sort of like the empowered version of humility or good power. Yeah, nice. Um, so there's another thing I'd like to ask you, which is like, um, yeah, it's around the, it's something around the piece of like it's I I I think we've talked about this a little bit it's like almost kind of like the thing that is your one of the ways I guess I see the world it's like it's the thing that you need in the in the world that you then teach because you kind of like really get to know it intimately and go through the path of all the pain and and integrate and then you teach it and I think there's something about you being very very sensitive to like containers and what's present in them and power dynamics and like abuse even if it's not like really bad but just sort of like 
I guess maybe better a better word than abuse would be kind of like unclean energetics around things that are sort of like moving around in slightly harmful ways. Um, yeah, that seems to be part of your path. And I wonder, do you have a sense of like what feel? Yeah, what feels like enough, clean enough, and what feels like. Yeah, what feels like a good model of of this, I guess. Hmm. It's a really good question. It's a really hard question. I don't really feel like I have the answer yet, but um maybe a better way to ask it is if if you do you do, do you have a sense of like how you would do this or do you feel like you're still figuring that out? I feel like I'm still figuring it out, but you and I talked recently, I guess with the yin yang aspect that we were talking about with the model that you made, um, and to explain that a little bit, like you could go really, really deep in one aspect and that would be more of like a yang path, right? Or you could mm -hmm. sort of move through all of them or sort of work on all of them simultaneously and that would be more of a yin path and you might not be going quite as deep um with any of them but you might not have as many like blind spots I guess um yeah that feels like right it, yeah um so yeah. I think I see myself as maybe more of a yin teacher or yin healer in the sense that like I've been to plenty of people who think it's all the physical body like all the tension that we hold is the physical body thing and we can work it out by attending to, you know, what we know from anatomy and physiology and um, that kind of thing. And then I've been to people who think it's all about sort of like our underlying energetic structure, what they would describe as this like energetic signature or structure or grid, like underneath our physical body that the physical body comes out of. And if we can like go deep enough to work with that energy structure directly, that's, you know, that's where the work is to be done. And then I think you could have the psychological realm um, sort of be its own thing. And then obviously there are plenty of people who work with people in that realm pretty much solely. Um, yeah, there's probably other levels that you could include in that as well. But I think that from having worked with people in all of the various levels and feeling like, yeah, but this isn't all of it, you know, this is incomplete. This is like taking the whole person into account, I guess, and all of their levels and the sort of like multi-dimensionality and multi-directionality of it, like how everything is like reverberating into everything else. And it's not just like everything comes from the energetic structure out in that one direction. Um, yeah, I think this sort of group energy or group hygiene question is a, a really big question but that feels like a good starting point for me is seeing myself as more of that like yin style whole person teacher or healer yeah I love that yeah I can really feel that from things we've done together as well where it feels where my whole person has been included and very much like benefited from that awesome and I think I think you also do have the yang style in you where you'll like be more like super deep and super specific about uh, this thing. But it's almost like 
um it's almost like more balanced mm. it's like you you have a balance of both um so maybe it comes across as more yin because our world is so heavily focused towards the yang that um yeah in comparison but i i think you have you have both yeah interesting um i guess i guess if we're thinking of it as kind of like heart body mind soul i would be more of definitely more of a body person um and that's that's sort of like my young path but within i was sort of describing different layers of the body maybe i'm a little more yin there um yeah that's cool i hadn't, hadn't framed it like that before yeah nice how do you feel um, like you are as a teacher with um either with that like yin yang thing or just your own sense of like good good energetics and dynamics within a group that you want to be facilitating yeah i think what's interesting is this the story around the sangha there's a way that i like i set up a group of people to be kind of like co-explorers of a topic the the like very explicit dynamics was this is self-managing it's teal we're coming in as co-leaders exploring together and then inevitably this was a real lesson for me because inevitably that ended up merging into a power dynamic where as the leader I just had more power and other people were less involved and less empowered um because of different different reasons and um you know, someone brought up some issues of how they felt the, like, Sangha was being held. And I was like, hang on a minute, I didn't set out to start out <laughs> Like, I, I, this is, like, the opposite of what I wanted. I want to be, like, with people where it's, where I'm not in a power role. And so, so I shut it down. Um, because to me, it was, like, something around that, like, expectations, boundaries, clarity, listening to feedback, all of that just felt, it was like, this isn't the thing. The thing that other people are doing, taking part, is not the thing that I'm doing, running it. And so those two things are kind of out of the, out of the line. Um. So this is kind of a long way to, or like an example of something that I'm like feeling into, which is that, Yeah, this feels a bit edgy to, to to say on a recording, but I say it a lot to to close friends, and that's that there's like a depth of a, like a, a depth that's required for me to be able to connect with people authentically that I rarely find in the world, and so talking about power, there's a sort of disempowering thing that I do especially as a woman where I make myself small to make other people feel comfortable I caretake for them um and like create connection and create um yeah just I'm like thinking about what they need and it's just it's essentially it's like a one-way street where I'm just giving but that's not like recognized in in the dynamic I'm not saying explicitly actually this is I'm not getting out of this because that's like part of the the sort of strange power dynamic where you have to like cover that up um so sort of stop stop doing that and it's meant that my like pool of people that I connect with is very small 
because there's a way that it's like there's just a depth and a level and a like pace and a amount of kind of like yeah um experience that is needed to connect with my experiences like my experiences are just so far uh yeah like so impossible to imagine for almost anyone that in order to feel like connected to and seen there's like a level of humility depth understanding like awakening in the people that I'm connecting with um and yeah I I I guess I just feel like I don't really know how to hold that yet I'm still like learning I think um yeah what's the part that you're still learning because you sound pretty clear now on how you want to be and how you want to interact with people it's scary going into a room full of people or talking to people and saying this is what my experiences are when you know that they're gonna have a hard time imagining it maybe having a hard time believing it there's like something very like about that and I think I'm just in the process of healing some wounds from that having not gone well in the past and practicing it and learning how to do it super cleanly and yeah it's like a it feels like a whole and I'm getting closer and closer all the time but it's really Yeah, it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, you talk a lot, I think, about, like, reality validating or, like, having everyone's reality respected. And I think it, I think it's really hard to do that by yourself, like, just sort of, like, self-validate and self-hold, like, hold it up. It's like a structure that you're, like, carrying around and trying to hold up all the time. And other people are kind of like pushing at it. Like, I don't think that's real. I think you're wrong about, you know what I mean? Whereas like even having one other person or ideally like having multiple people, you know, in the interaction kind of validating that. Um, yeah, I think that's super hard and lonely and painful to try to do by yourself in like an ongoing way or even in a one-off way in a setting where there's all these people in the room and you're trying to like hold something up that they're skeptical about or like, yeah, I think there's a certain energy in that too, which is sort of like how respectful is everybody in the interaction of other people's realities in general? You know what I mean? It's like, are they coming into it with an openness and a curiosity or like a skepticism and like a aggression? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's something that I think that has come out of our friendship and relationship that like, it's it's sort of like, for a while, I would really feel it when we were in actual connection. And now it's starting to shift. And I have other people in my life who also provide this. So it's it's sort of being bolstered in multiple ways. But like, now I can just feel it more moment to moment, even when we're not together. It's like, I've had enough reality validation, like from our connection that it can, I can just feel it more all the time. It's really nice. It's like, well, this person that I really admire and respect and whose discernment I trust is is mirroring these things back to me. You know what I mean? So like if I were just having to like trust my own instincts, 
for years, I would have probably been like, oh, other people are probably right. Yeah, love that. So like teaching what you need, that's part of that's me doing that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think I imagine part is part of what's scary about it that you might not get to teach as many people or something. It's like if you can um there was a way that you framed that sort of tension that was really nice. It was sort of like the tension of authenticity and integrity or something. It's like the integrity and kindness of validating other people's realities and like stepping into theirs and stuff versus like really being yourself and, and holding your own reality. Um, and yeah, how painful, like the further apart those have to be. Um, but then, yeah, I guess you're sort of like reaching a wider audience or something if you're more flexible in that aspect. Yeah, I think there's a few factors in it. There's like, there's like care and there's care for others. I think I, mm, let me think about this for a minute. Yeah, I feel like I get quite emotional when I think about this and it's um, like it comes from such a deep sense of care in me. But just like really wanting to do what's best. Yeah. And like, yeah, really wanting to kind of find the route through from like and just having learned from years and years of of being younger that like putting myself just naturally being a giving person and that being good and important but also having learned that like you can't just do that in this league that's not the best what's best for everyone especially if you have like skills talents important things to say and those are getting squashed um yeah it's almost like and then you're sort of it's like um yeah I guess I've been doing some stuff with David um my partner around like being able to speak more clearly from my truth and he, he described it really nicely as like it's almost like we have three dials in us for safety connection and authenticity and it's like often we're in situations where we can only choose one of those or we can only choose two. And it's like, yeah, knowing him. And there's something about if you choose authenticity without any safety or any con connection, you're kind of blowing yourself up because no one's, you're just going to get like, yeah, it, it's not safe for you to be yourself. Um, so you're sort of like having to kind of attune all the time to like what's safe to say, what's connected to this person, what's authentic. Uh, and it's like a little thing where you're kind of like 
I've just I feel like I've been doing an endless puzzle almost of moving these things around and being like how much of my truth can I share um and then yeah being very attuned to other people in that as well and like not wanting to maybe doing a bit too much caretaking I don't know but like not wanting to kind of like blow up their safety or their connection because it's disruptive for people's like one of the things that I very rarely say explicitly because it's really disruptive to people's nervous system is my reality is actually unimaginably different to yours you can't imagine what it's like being me I'm in a different world different beliefs the whole thing feels completely different people that really really stresses people's nervous system out um and so you know I just I just don't think it's a good thing to sort of like go around just saying it to people and like blowing up everyone's nervous system and kind of like care for other people's styles of connection safety and, and authenticity so it's sort of like there's just a lot of attunement there in that and I think what I'm trying to do at the moment is to essentially like really focus in on the people where I feel safe I have the connection and then really get the authenticity kind of dialed in and then almost just be able to like share it and resonate it. <clears throat> and then people can come to me if they if they like that. It just has a much like it changes the the power dynamic. So rather than us being in connection and then me trying to slowly reveal my authentic self, it's almost like putting the authentic self out in a way that's like, hey, here it is. If you like it, come find out more. If you don't, don't worry. Um but you need, yeah, there's like a certain level of connection and safety and power that you need to be able to do that move where, um, you know, as humans, we just, it's like, it's like death, not having any connection. And I was in that for so long and so unsafe that it wasn't possible to just fully share everything. I was just kind of like doing little bits while in that sort of like stressed fear state. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling the aspect of nourishment that I think is involved for, um, you know, healers, teachers, it's like people talk about self-care a lot and stuff, and it's, it's, it's sort of in that direction, but I think it's its own thing of like, nobody can hold space for everyone all the time, or nobody can just take care of others all the time, like, I think we just need a certain amount of reciprocity, and like, obviously not everyone gets that like there are plenty of super under resourced people who have to do that but like for, for you to be able to like operate optimally you know what I mean and like really be teaching what you want to be teaching and showing up every day day after day and not burning out and stuff I think it's really it's like a practical matter of nourishment and reciprocity like aside from the like ethics and values and what's most important I think even yeah there's like a practical sense of like if you're trying to like carry your own reality by yourself and hold that and it's getting like poked and prodded at every day, then you, every day you have to be re rebuilding your house. You know what I mean? <laughs> like instead of just like it's just intact all the time and you get to be, yeah, sort of like operating from there. Um, yeah. 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 I love that. And it's also it's like a. um it's like a different level of empowerment where um it's almost like people can't get the if I'm always going out to other people's realities it's like um it's like you 
yeah, doing a little thing here, doing a little thing here, doing a little thing here. And like that can be what's needed and super important. But if that's the only mode, you're missing out on like in here is a whole world of like, yeah, kind of like wisdom and experiences and things that other people like they're not yet close to it but if I can share it and say like hey this is what's in here then it's like inspirational and also there's something in the transmission where if you can like speak from a thing and just be like this thing the other person can kind of get it sometimes and it like clicks into them as opposed to like meeting people where they are all the time there's something sort of like a bit disempowering about that yeah like a a feeling of fracturedness or something that's what I'm I'm getting yeah 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 Yeah, it makes me think of having like the importance for a lot of people of having like a, a stillness practice or like touching into quiet periodically you know what I mean it's almost like um reconnecting with what's here when you're not in connection at all you know yeah beautiful yeah I love that Um, is there anything else that feels important to you? Yeah, there's something that I, this is sort of just putting out my own, um, my own fun thing I've been playing around with. It's not really like advice or a model or something, but I think something I've loved about going to different teachers. And when I say that, like, obviously I've had school teachers and stuff throughout my life, but I really mean, like, I would say spiritual teachers, um, bodywork teachers, therapy modality teachers, that kind of thing. And the last two years in particular, that's all like very fresh for me. And I think when I've been really tuned into this, so like it's getting to step into like different teachers worlds and things is sort of like getting this menu, you know, that like, as I, as I create my own style and my own, yeah, my own sort of like teaching style and bodywork style, um, it's been really interesting to iterate on like a list of what I think the qualities are that I want to be putting out. So like not specific at all, but like what feels really important to me in terms of like delivering a medicine. Um, So yeah, I thought I might share those and then I'd be super interested to hear yours also. Um, Yeah. Great. So the first one is effective, like (laughs) it's obvious, but like, um, yeah, maybe I'll frame this specifically through bodywork. It's, it's, I think of it more as like a bodywork philosophy than a teaching philosophy. But like, yeah, I want, I want people to be getting benefit from coming to me. Um, and I, yeah, it, it needs to work. Um, efficiency is my second one. And I think that I've experienced such a wide range of this in terms of body workers that I've been to and teachers that I've been to it's like I could go to someone and be like oh that was really nice we like did some stuff and it was positive and I liked that and then I could go to someone else and be like oh my god I feel like we just accomplished three years worth of stuff in an hour you know (laughs) it's like I kind of want to go with the faster person because like you know look what we can do in, in a short amount of time together and I think yeah, it's nice to strive for that. And it's cool to see how um, I think all of these transmissions and schools and things evolve over time to become more efficient. Um, yeah, then 
this is kind of a separate thing. I also want it to be lasting because I've had a lot of body work that like was great while I was there. And then I like, don't know if it actually did anything. You know what I mean? It's not that you can always like be super clear on tangible effects, you know, like it's, there's always so much happening and trying to tease out causality can be messy, but like, yeah, whether it's hands-on body work or psychotherapy or like a journeying session or whatever, like I want to be seeing that these changes are real changes. Um, there's something about it sort of like addressing the whole being for me that I think is what um, helps it end up be lasting. Like typically if I just went in for like a deep tissue massage that didn't have any um, sort of like emotional psychological awareness to it, 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 the effects just wouldn't be lasting. Even if my muscles ended up being less tense for that hour or for a day, like it would just revert because the tension is more, yeah, multidimensional than that. Um, and so for a while that was, that was my list, just those three things. And then I added beautiful to it because, Mm. um, yeah, just to get across that I want this to be something that like, I'm not just doing it for the results with people. I'm not just doing it so that, you know, they'll like, they'll get pain relief that's lasting or something. Like I want to really be enjoying it and like motivated to do it for the moment to moment experience of doing it. So it's like my own passion and enjoyment with the, with the sharing of the thing. Yeah. Wow. I love that so much. I feel like I, it's almost like, I know you better from you saying them, but also they land so well because I know you so well. It's like feeling almost like those threads weaving through everything that um, like, yeah, all your explorations, the work we did together, you're kind of like finding different things, like the things that you're looking for and the ways that you are. And yeah, and I always say like super powerful combining the way that you're combining those into, into something and creating something is amazing. Really Thanks. Cool. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad it reflects in my way of being. It's not just words. <laughs> um. So I have one that I did ages ago, and I don't know what I'm going to get them up. And I wonder if it will be the same or whether they'll have changed. Let's find out. Um. And I did this on a, I've written up the the exercise I used to, to get these values. So we maybe put this as a link underneath in case anyone wants to, wants a thing to help them with their values. Um, okay, so why I do things, like my, my yeah, my why and my intentions is, creative and adventurous it's kind of like discovering what's new um doing something creative going on adventures I feel like that's very much the kind of like wanting co-explorers I always feel like when I'm working with someone we're going on an adventure into their inner world when I'm like collaborating with people we're like going on an adventure like what are we going to find out doing this course or like what are we going to discover with this as a kind of very strong yeah like discovery creativity adventurous side um that to me feels also very close to like the divine and um the sort of like universal expression of creative 
creativity that the universe is in every moment. Um, yeah, that to me just feels like that's my touch point to the closest thing in life and in me. I can really um, like pioneering quality of that. It's like the by adventuring, you're necessarily like pushing boundaries and going to new places and like kind of like exploring uncharted territory, you know, together. Yeah. Um, oh, there we go. Okay. So my approach, how I do things. Uh, the first one is fun and the second one is collaborative. So yeah, it's like that co co-created collaborative thing whether it's students, collaborators, whatever, we're like figuring it out together. Um, yeah, that includes, I was actually a collaborative, collaborative working expert, like a project manager focused on collaborative working in the past. So there's like very kind of like there's technicalities around like what's collaboration versus cooperation and things like that. I'm really nerdy about this topic. So with the how I, I, yeah, I sort of like use a lot of that under the surface and how I interact with people. And it's about kind of like empower, empowerment, letting natural power flow, um, things like that. And yeah, I guess including everyone's innate wisdom, innate, innate creativity, innate intelligence. Um, and then the fun bit is like, yeah, it wants to be it wants to be enjoyable. Like fun can maybe be a bit like fun, <laughs> which I can be a bit, but, but there's also like a really deep sort of like joy in doing hard stuff together. And like that kind of like, you know, really going through something together and that having a joy in a, um, it's almost like if it's not enjoyable, then what's, what's the point? Why are we, why are we bothering? is the feeling um and then the sort of outcomes almost like what i'm aiming to do uh one is focused and the other one is authentic so focused is focusing on what matters and authentic i guess is yeah it's like validating people's reality being an authentic expression it feels to me authentic feels like the combination of freedom truth and love mm. it's kind of like um yeah the thing has the freedom to just be its full and space to like be its actual expression N nothing's being like oppressed or squeezed it together or like kept out um and that to me feels a lot of like yeah to me like that's what what spiritual practice is it's those things freedom truth and love and beauty yeah. i guess that feels like a very rosalist does it was did you read the the like older version does it still hold up for you feel right yeah yeah i feel like that's but like those, I can't remember when I first did those over five years ago, maybe. Um, but it's held up. Yeah, that still feels very true. And I think there's something in that in that post where I talk about how to do this values exercise. There's something in the the thing around. It's like if you can share your values clearly, 
you can say what you're doing and share your values clearly that's a way for people to resonate to find resonance with you because if there's someone who's like oh i just really want um i don't know i really want boring practice <laughs> like they probably shouldn't come to me you know <laughs> <That's so rubbish. laughs> yeah nice um yeah yeah probably a lot of people would have trouble putting words and putting it into words of what theirs are right yeah it's probably yeah, a totally. question yeah because it's hard it's hard I think part of this I think one of the reasons this like stuff around power and boundaries is hard is because there's so much that's implicit in our worldviews uh like if you'd have asked me off the top of my head even though I've done that exercise if you'd have asked me what my values were I'd have been like mm, I don't know but as soon as I, I read that I'm like oh that's obviously my values but you need something to like draw it out because you can't see the thing that's right in front of you and yeah sharing that is is important making the implicit sort of explicit and saying this is what we're doing here this is why we're doing it if you like it come and get some if you don't find somewhere that that you resonate with because that then empowers everyone to make good good choices yeah nice back to that theme of like expectation setting There's some like spectrums that I have felt into with various teachers and it's kind of similar to the like yin yang thing, you know, where like, um, yeah, I'll give examples. One of the spectrums that I notice there being a lot of variety on is like, I feel like some teachers and this I think would hold up more for like spiritual teachers than for like bodywork teachers or something. But I think there are spiritual teachers whose message is like, we are going to go on a journey. Like we're going to go somewhere different from where we are now, basically, or maybe not phrased exactly like that, but like, this is a transformation process. And I think there are other teachers who are really like their message and transmission is one of like, we have everything that we need, like right here and through my teaching just trying to like help show that but yeah you're you're already good enough you're already enough like we're here we made it and you know everything we need is like in this moment already um so I'm really tuned into these spectrums and like where people are on them and how that lines up with different people's paths like one person might need one of those types of teachers that I mentioned at one point in their path and at another point they need um the other type like maybe I think I think like the um we're going you're, you're enough as you are kind of teacher can be really helpful like for example for people who have a lot of like self-hatred or like haven't really experienced a lot of self-love and there's sort of like an initial amount of like safety or something that needs to be experienced and then like maybe after that they actually want to have some kind of transformative process and it would make us make sense to be with a teacher who's like really going to take them on that journey um and then this might be like my sort of yin tendency or something but I think I like when teachers have a lot of flexibility sort of within that spectrum you know what I mean it's like being able to hold multiple realities and like multiple truths and things means that like we can play around with like, when are we going on a journey and when are we like, we're, we're all good right here, right now. You know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah, I think that's really rich for me is that sort of exploration of of all of it at once or like we do this for an hour and then we're like in this other thing and um yeah, I think another example of that spectrum would be like I think there's like a perfectionism quality to um a lot of teachers but or they're sort of like anti-perfectionist or something, but I think that term is so personal that like what is perfectionist for one person is really like average for another or something. And there's a certain amount of like passion and like single pointedness or um, yeah, just like really having a fire lit under you that can be really great for practice for some people. And so that might um, be an intensity that is needed and it might work for a lot of students and for other students it might be too much or it might make them feel like they're not doing enough or whatever it is um, so yeah those are like I think I just like um, feeling into oh another one that I like is sort of a content heavy focus versus like a content agnostic focus and I think that mm -hmm. like a lot of Buddhist practices might be more on the like content agnostic side and a lot of like trauma healing therapies might be more on like the content heavy side and it's sort of like engaging with content of stories and meaning um around what we're what we're experiencing and um yeah just kind of wanted to share as a more general concept this idea of spectrums i think with teachers and what it how much we want to be a fixed point on that spectrum versus like flexible yeah yeah I love that I think it's really nice to name those uh so that people yeah people can be aware that all of those hold some truth in them and it sort of depends I think what you were touching into there it sort of depends like the we're already here versus that we're going on a journey one to me it's almost like trying to listen and hear which is louder out of, are they sort of sending their shadow inwards into like inner critic, self-hatred stuff, in which case we're already here. It's really enough thing. It's really important. Or are they sending their inner critic, their critic and their shadow stuff outwards, in which case it's like, actually you sort of need to cut away some entitlement and be like, you don't actually know anything. You need to learn some stuff. <laughs> it's like a, a kind of, um, yeah. You're sort of like counterbalancing people's people's shadow stuff and what's oppressed for them and what's not present in a kind of like dance of um, what they need to, what energy they need to unleash, I guess, because it's like, yeah, there's truth, truth in all of it. And so being able to connect to all of it is important. Yeah, totally. That takes a lot of skillfulness, doesn't it? A lot of like, intuition and attunement and listening and receptivity and yeah yeah because like if you're if you're more um fixed in your approach you're going to be maybe like playing into people's shadows you know with your style like yeah people who are really drawn to transformation spaces I like do sometimes tend to be people who just feel like they're not enough and they need to like hit some mark to be enough you know yeah.
Yeah. And there's a way when you say that, it's like there's a way that that can be an unhealthy sort of double bind that they're stuck in. And there can be a way where I think when you were talking about the perfectionist thing, there's a way that like my not enough feelings felt very legitimate. I wanted more and like actually being in environments where people are like, yeah, go deeper, get more, find out, keep going was sort of like validating to my desire for, to really discover things. Um, So there's a subtlety as well around like validating invalidating kind of trapping people in unhealthy patterns versus um yeah and it's it's just super complex and like the thing about the thing I said about the shadows going in and shadows going like everyone has both and so it's sort of like yeah just a very complex a complex picture yeah yeah I can think of times like especially somebody who is suffering a lot you know just doesn't things just feel off and like something needs to change then to hear that like you know everything's kind of like fine as it is or we're already okay I think can just add on something negative you know what I mean um yeah yeah it's like sticking your middle finger up at someone (laughs) yeah oh yeah it's always like world hunger everything's perfect as it already is it's kind of like that's just not the not the message where you that's always correct is it (laughs) yeah I really like that we're talking about this this feels really this this point feels really juicy like um just like a a meta thing that would be good to teach teachers you know it's this way of balancing or something or sussing out sussing out which direction to like guide somebody yeah I really liked the frame you had as well about um which I th- you got from someone else around which in every community practice whatever which aspects are being mainstreamed which ones are being marginalized there's a way that it's like that just gives a very clear frame to say like there's always things being mainstreamed this is good there's always things being marginalized this is like not what we're doing here just making that explicit again like makes it a choice for like students to think about in their practice like what am I mainstreaming through my practice what am I marginalizing for teachers for like everyone to just kind of like align with each other and get on board and make things explicit and yeah yeah I don't know how to say his name Carl Steyert something like that um it's like setting that expectation and then regularly revisiting the list Mm. because like maybe accidentally something new is being marginalized and it's like okay we actually don't want to be doing that or like maybe the group wants to grow in a new direction and so you're you're sort of mainstreaming different things yeah yeah super nice awesome thanks Rosa. that was really fun yeah thanks